This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 31. Can you relate to this statement, why can't I find anything on Marketplace for less than $100 anymore? Well, stay tuned because today we hear from our Zebra Review August winners and they discuss this in our panel discussion after they talk about their winning pieces. Courtney with Steel Birch Studios shares a great refinishing tip on getting rid of the smell that so many old furniture pieces have, and we'll find out what Jen with Jenny Ray Designs, Amanda with Lemon Pepper Furniture, and Piper and Julia with Fig and Furniture are working on in their studios this week. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. August is typically a pretty warm month here in the States and in other parts of the globe. So when the judges decided to go with the theme of cool colors, we felt it was an appropriate way to help counteract the heat. With that said, we are excited to introduce you to the Zebra Review August winners. They are Summer with Pinewood Charm winning first, Courtney with Steelbert Studios taking second, and Amy with Pinello Design snatching third. Congratulations, winners. Well done. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. Well, speaking of warm weather, let's get a location check and weather update from each of you. And we'll start with Amy. Amy, you live in Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. Man, that's cold country. It is cold country um, (laughs) during the winters, but it's been awfully hot here um, all spring and summer. So unseasonably warm here. That's what I was going to ask you, and seasonably. So, like, what kind of temperatures have you been having? Um, For the majority of the summers, we've been in the 90s, and we've had many days over 100, which is pretty rare. I want to say there was one week where we went, like, seven days um, over 100 degrees. Wow. That is a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that makes it quite difficult to do furniture finishing. Do you what what is your furniture finishing situation? Do you work in a garage, a studio? Like what's that set up? Yeah, I work in my garage, um, basically for the sanding and the cleaning, and then I bring everything into my house and I actually paint and um prime in my home. Yeah, I mean I know it's so funny because uh about twenty years ago after my wife and I got married, my wife is from northern Minnesota. Oh, and, she is? Yeah, a little town called Pelican Rapids, close to Fargo. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> so I got to, we flew up with her parents to, they sold their farm. And so we went up to help clean it out. And this was in the summer. I'd never been to Minnesota. And I was, it was, it was like a heat wave then. It was so hot. I mean, it was just unbelievable, but it was beautiful. I mean, it was about, I think we went in June actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it is absolutely stunning up here. It's just such a, you know, such a, a beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. Northern Minnesota is a beautiful part of the country. Definitely. So are you from Minnesota? I'm not. I'm from Wisconsin. Originally, I was born and raised near Green Bay, Wisconsin, in a small town called Kakana. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about living in Minneapolis? Um, I think the, my favorite thing, because I am traditionally a small town girl, and Minneapolis has that small town feel, but it's a metropolitan area. So you have everything that you would find in a Chicago or a New York City mm-hmm. or a San Francisco, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a little bit of everything yet. I feel like I'm still part of a small town kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like what I often say. It's the best of both worlds. That's so right. nice. Yeah, Exactly. Listen, I'm going to throw you a curveball. And um, how about a quick pop quiz, Amy? Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll I'll try. (laughs) Okay. So what, Amy, what is your state bird? Oh, gosh. Um, I know the state bird of Wisconsin is a robin, but the state bird (laughs) of Minnesota, I want to say, is the loon. It's actually a duck. Yeah. That's really good. Listen, Courtney and Summer, I know you guys are probably quickly Googling your state bird. (laughs) I thought ahead. Listen, I thought ahead. So you'll have a different question to make it fair for Amy. Oh, my gosh. No cheating. I'm too scared to touch my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, Amy, where do you find most of your furniture? Most of my furniture I do find on Facebook Marketplace. Some pieces have been given to me by friends, but most of them on Facebook Marketplace, yeah. Okay, well, say listeners, stay tuned because we've got a good discussion about Marketplace coming up. (laughs) It's going to be good. Yes, we do. (laughs) 
So, Courtney, you live in Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, I do. So you moved from New York. I'm pretty sure it was New York, right? Yeah, I was in uh, New York City, and now I'm a Southern Belle down here in Charleston. <laughs> so like, have you finally adjusted to living in, the, in a smaller town in the South? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've moved a lot, but definitely New York City to Charleston was such a crazy adjustment. What I do love is obviously having the space, and yeah. um, I never thought I'd be a suburbs girl, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, here I am, and uh, I, I do. I, you know, it's a really charming place. It's it's expensive, you know, but it's uh, it's I. There's so much history here, and so much to do, and I, I don't know. I really, I do love it a lot. I, I'm still adjusting. I feel like, and it's been several, several years. So, yeah. is most of your family up north? Yes. Uh huh. And I actually just did a, a quick trip to Syracuse um, to visit. My cousin, who's Sarah from Olive and Fern, and yeah. um, I got to introduce the baby to my sister, and yeah, it was a good little trip, and it's definitely, uh, it feels like a different world <laughs> for being up there. Yeah, well, it was a nice trip, but I bet it was nice to come home, too. Yeah, definitely. So, Courtney, ready for your pop quiz? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, I would have to say, is a bit of a challenge. So uh, this okay. is just all for fun. What is the state animal of South Carolina? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, I can't even... Uh, we need the gosh, Jeopardy. I know. I, I'm literally... I'm like... Um, a palmetto bug. <laughs> that was a good guess. But that's not quite it. Actually, it's the white-tailed deer. Oh, wow. Well, no, never would have known. Know. You know what? This sounds crazy, but I didn't even know. I know there's the state birds, there's the state flowers, and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't even realize there was a state animal. Yeah, and I didn't either. So, yeah, so I did find out that North Carolina is, is the gray squirrel, I think. Okay. I so, interesting stuff. <laughs> so, um, so tell us first, what's the weather like there? How's it? Has it been hotter than normal, or has it been a little bit cooler than normal? Oh, God, I think our summers are always just, I mean, there's not, <laughs> you can't escape it. You know, it's hot, <laughs> it's humid. Um, I don't know if it's worse or better than previous years, but it's hot. It's been hot. Today, it's really rainy. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like when it rains, uh, when I'm working and just painting inside when I can. It's it's kind of nice for me, but um, yeah, definitely it's it's a warm one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm like that too. I, I like the rain. I think that uh, you know it's just it's peaceful at times, and it does mm -hmm. allow you. It gives especially in the summertime. It's like you feel justified to do things inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so where do you find most of your pieces? I would. Second, uh, the fact that I find most of them on Facebook Marketplace. Once in a while, like a thrift store or just a, a find on the side of the road. But I'd say probably 85 to 90 percent of the time, it's Facebook mm -hmm. Marketplace. Yep. So we we're just uh, we're we're heading right into a really great <laughs> topic here. <laughs> All right, Summer, you live in New Hampshire. Yes, I do. And what town? Hampstead. Okay, so is that more southern? New yes, Hampshire? southern New Hampshire. I'm about um, uh, 15, 20 minutes from the Massachusetts border. Oh, okay. So you're, what's, what's your drive time to like Boston? Uh, about 50 minutes with no traffic. Yeah, with traffic three hours? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, could be, yes. <laughs> you just have to be wise about when you head into the city. <laughs> Yes, yes, you have definitely have to time it. Um, my husband works a little bit outside of Boston, so he does the commute every day. Oh, does he really? Yes. Uh, he has a lot of thinking time then. <laughs> That's what I say. He complains, but I'm like, just see it as me time. Yeah. No, you know what? I Years ago, uh, I had a job that was about an hour away from home. And although I didn't like it in the summertime because when we, when, you know, when we were done with the day, I wanted to be home and outside. So I had that hour drive, but it really did give me a chance to think and unwind. And it was kind of relaxing, at least my drive. Now I wasn't driving into a big city, so I'm sure that probably is a bit stressful as he's driving in and out of Boston, depending on the traffic. Yes. Yeah. Are you from New Hampshire? 
I know I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, we moved to New Hampshire a little over five years ago. Okay. So I don't think the accents vary that much from New Hampshire to Massachusetts, do they? Uh, not much. Um, you get a little bit of more of a lobster from Massachusetts, but uh, it's still there here in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, we need to get you and Kristen Litka with Shakhtar and Peters together. <laughs> See who has the strongest accent. <laughs> yes, I have gotten several messages saying, I just love you and Kristen's accent so much. <laughs> I know. No, I, I really, I enjoy accents. I really do. In fact, uh, I, I think it would be cool to pick up, just do like a blending effect. You know, I think it'd be neat to have a few like, you know, English sounds and, um, you know, of course, Southern, that's not difficult because I'm in the South, but uh, it would be, it would be very confusing though, I think to many, if I, if I adapted that into the podcast, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Keep people on their toes. Exactly. So Summer, you ready for your pop quiz? Sure. What is your state flower? Oh, um, Hmm. I have no idea, but um, <laughs> it's probably something I've never heard of, too. Uh, my mind's racing right now. I can't even think of a flower to blurt out. Um, Is there anything that you see a lot of? Because I'm wondering if that's mm-hmm. why this particular flower is the state flowers because there's a lot of, is there like a particular flower that you notice is uh, quite prevalent in, in New Hampshire? Hmm. You're too busy Not replenishing really. furniture, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't watch my home and garden channel too often. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the uh, marigold? Actually, well, that was a good guess, but it's actually the purple lilac. Oh, yes. And that is the best. I mean, yes. lilacs, I tell you, the smell of a lilac will keep you in spring for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope everyone found these pop quizzes educational for uh, the the state information. I think they're interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on in New Hampshire with weather? Um, This summer has been very wet and rainy. Today is actually uh, kind of a gloomy and rainy day. It's not raining, but kind of drizzly out, but very muggy even Mm. though it's only about 70 but um we've had a very rainy summer here in new hampshire we've definitely had our hot spells we've had a few heat waves and we've had our nice sunny days too but uh both um holiday weekends uh memorial day and um july 4th weekend there were washouts and it was cool it was only about in the sixties <laughs> and wow. we all felt awful for the people that planned these camping trips and all that. Um, we did have a nice Labor Day weekend though, but cooler temperatures only in the only in the seventies. Wow. And That's there's nice. been some nights here that um it's been a little cool and I'm like, oh no, fall is coming because <laughs> we all know what's coming after that here. Snow, lots of snow. That's the hard part about fall is it's like, I think a lot of people enjoy fall. It's such a beautiful time of the year, but then we realize what's coming right after fall. And oftentimes in a lot of places, fall is short. So, you know, just depending on the season. So where do you find your pieces, Summer? Mostly on Marketplace. I have found a few on Craigslist if I'm getting a little desperate um, and can't really get my hands on anything good on Marketplace, but I'd say 98% they come from Marketplace. Yeah. Well, we're building up to a great topic. Hang on, hang on, listeners. (laughs) Yeah, stay tuned because after we discuss their pieces, we're going to have a panel discussion on why can't I find anything on Marketplace for less than $100 anymore? (laughs) Also, you can see these pieces that we're going to discuss by uh, the pieces, that, meaning the winning pieces, by going to our enjoyzebra.com site and scroll to the bottom and click on podcast. Summer, you won first place with your antique dresser. I found it interesting that you commented on your IG Instagram that you noticed your feed was lacking some green. Is that what drove you to refinish this piece in green? <laughs> 
Yes, um, one million percent. I was <laughs> um, sitting down on a Sunday afternoon trying to plan my week out, looking at my feed, seeing what I've painted, and I noticed there was an extreme lack of green and I, a, a true green piece. I, I was painting some pieces with green undertones, but I was really itching to do a true green piece. And I had to scroll about two months down and I was like, how is this even possible? Because green is definitely one of my favorite colors to paint. Um, I will admit it, it's not the fastest sell for me. I don't know why. I have no idea since it's so trendy right now, but it's definitely not a quick sale for me, but it's just so fun to paint green and there's so many amazing shades of it. So I had this new color from Melange and I knew it was spectacular. I saw it on a couple other pieces and I just knew that that's what I wanted to paint um, that week. And I knew I didn't have anything in my stash that I really felt was uh, stunning enough for it. And I got on Marketplace <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really see anything um, sticking out at me. So I went into my saved folders, which is always uh, a good thing to have. Save those pieces that you kind of want, but you don't want to pay price for and or maybe you're just too lazy to go get it at that moment. And I found the perfect dresser in there. And it had been available for quite some time. And I said, this is it. And I just got to do this dresser and this color clover. It was uh, just perfect for it. Was it in pretty good shape when you got it? Yes, very good shape. You could tell that someone loved it. It was very clean inside. Um, it had its, its scratches. But even the bottom of it, when I cleaned it, was like pristine. It was mm. super clean. So you could tell that someone cherished it at some point. What style would you call this dresser? I don't know. Um, I really loved the um, like the concave lower drawers. Yeah. And I loved the detail on the sides. I wouldn't quite call them spindles, but... Uh, it was kind of unique in style, and I thought it was just such a statement piece. Um, there wasn't any maker's mark on it. If I can remember correctly, I think it um, came from somewhere in Tennessee, mm -hmm. but that's all I could make out from the paper label in the back. Um, but I remember it just had these amazing brass casters on all four feet. They weren't the ones that, you know, inset in to the leg on the bottom they surround like they capped each leg mm -hmm. and i was like i i have to make these like the focal point of the piece because they <laughs> were just so unique i've never gotten a piece like that before you know amy and courtney um have you guys seen a piece like this before no, no uh -uh. i don't think so it's, it's uh gorgeous and i think green was just such a it was a bold and wise choice i think uh it turned out beautifully yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that yeah. color clover by Melange, it's just such a striking green. And the dresser actually came with the mirror. And most of the time I choose to ditch the mirrors, um, even though I think they are so beautiful. But I think when you kind of keep the mirror with the piece, it limits it to a bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this piece being used anywhere as like a statement piece in an entry in a dining room even in a living room for extra storage and uh i chose to ditch the mirror but yeah. um i thought the piece really shined um without the mirror as well yeah it would be really interesting to know more about the history um and you know the, the style of it as well Yes, I wouldn't even know what to date it back. Maybe 1920s. Hmm. It seemed kind of like that style, that kind of Gatsby style. Yeah, did you, is this the original hardware? No. <laughs> I did so many stories about the hardware um, because the original hardware was fabulous. Um, that's what actually drew me to the piece when I saw it on Marketplace. 
it was original. It was like unique and uh, it was statement like it had kind of a leafy design to it. Um, my husband actually picked this piece up for me and when he brought it home, I was so excited and I didn't realize that one of the bail poles was missing um, one of the back plates and I knew I wanted to keep the original patinaed finish. I didn't want to spray paint the hardware. I contemplated, you know, what to do. I could have eliminated the back plates, but I felt it eliminated a lot of the unique details of it. So um, I slept on it and mm. I woke up early the next morning and I just ordered new, new bail poles off of Amazon. But I think they complemented the color so well. Yeah, and it doesn't change the authenticity of the look. Um, I mean, you know, again, we don't know the history, but the hardware just works perfectly with it, I think. So um, really, really nice job. Thank you. Uh, you. You mentioned difficult time selling mm -hmm. green pieces. Do you still have this piece available or did you sell it? Nope. This was probably my fastest selling green piece <laughs> in a long time. I think I had an interested buyer about 30 minutes after I posted it. Uh, not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised at all. And she was a color lover because she came and um, purchased that and saw that I still had a gold yellow dresser still available. Very similar style, brass hardware. And she said, I have to have this too. So you got to love people <laughs> that love fun colors like that. Uh, it's, it's fun to sell two pieces in, with one client, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's always a bonus. Summer, describe your style for us. Um, definitely, uh, you know, vintage farmhouse. Um, I do like a little bit of a rustic style. I try to stay classic with my pieces. My home in general is very much filled with vintage and rustic furniture and mm -hmm. antique goodies. Um, so I just try to stay true to my style. So when mm -hmm. I go to stage my pieces, it's easy for me to shop my home. And that's just the style that I really love. Uh, sometimes I'll venture out and do a little bit of a modern piece. But um, when I go to stage it, I'm just like, meh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I just definitely try to stick to kind of a classic uh, farmhouse vintage vibe. Well, this piece was really popular on IG. You made great design decisions on this piece. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Summer, share your Instagram account with our listeners. So my Instagram account is Pinewood Charm, and I'm also Pinewood Charm on Facebook. So you can find me there. Courtney, you won second place. You went quite unique with this desk vanity, and it turned out really pretty. This wasn't a commission piece either, I don't believe, was it? Um, no, I, I typically stick to my own work. So this was a, a spur of the moment, cool color that I, I enjoyed doing. And yeah, this is, it's a really pretty piece. Well, so tell us about it. Describe the piece and then tell us what you did to it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a vanity. It's from, I, I believe it's around what Summer was saying from the 1920s. It's a vanity. Um, it didn't have the mirror. So it just was the desk part with the two, um, there's five drawers and it has beautiful like carved wood legs, which I really, really loved. And um, it also came with a little chair, um, which was really nice. Actually, the, the person I bought it from, you know, my husband went and picked it up while I was watching the baby and he came back and he only came back with the, the desk part itself. And I was like, oh, I guess the chair wasn't included, but the girl was so nice and, and wrote me and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll bring you the chair. And she like delivered the chair like the next day. And <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's that never happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a, a really gorgeous old piece of furniture. And I, I was like, you know, this could be a desk. I could like look for another mirror to go with it. But I'm like, I want to um, kind of modernize it a little bit, but mm -hmm. keep its, um, you know, antique charm I, I guess and uh so i put my own mirror like a circle mirror um above it to stage mm -hmm. it you know to show somebody what they could do with it you know just get a modern metallic mirror or wood mirror um to put over it and you know you can it can look either it can fit really in any kind of style i i think but um it's a really gorgeous piece how do you know when you get a piece like this whether to 
keep it as one piece, make it a desk vanity, or break it into nightstands, because mm. I know a lot of people do that. Do you have any yeah. like general rules that you go by when you do that? For me, it's kind of, I mean, I had just broken apart, I think, like two pieces, and so I probably would have turned these into nightstands, but I was just like, you know what, I literally just got done with those two projects, and I'm just going to take this as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of times, it's, you know, how structurally sound it is. You know, if, if it's a good size for nightstands or, you know, tall end tables. And usually, you know, desks and vanities are. Um, but it just, it really depends on the timing for me and if the piece works um, to be split. Yeah. And that all is a part of your creative flow, I would imagine. What you feel yeah. like is going to affect what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. That's good. I like that. So you went purple with it. Um, maybe... I don't know, we were talking about lilac. I don't know if this would be... Well, actually, what was the color that you used? So that's why this is so... It's such a unique color. So it's it's Mist by Fusion Mineral Paint. It's one of their new colors that they just launched. And, you know, it's so funny. When I when I saw it first in the can, I thought, I'm like, oh, it's kind of, it's it's white. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's blue. It's purple. You know, <laughs> I really... It, it's, it was so hard to tell. And then when I put it on... You know, it just like it changes colors as it dries. So, I mean, I was putting it on kind of thinking, um, you know, it's really neutral. It's it's really light, which I like. And in person, it has a more blue, like light, light blue mm-hmm. hue. But I would uh, to describe the color, I would say it's probably a very pale periwinkle. Yeah. You know, and in some lights it looks blue, some it looks a little bit purple, but it's it, it's a really gorgeous color. Yeah, and then thanks for clarifying that because I, it, you know, it really isn't a purple, um, you know. Although when you're looking at things from your phone or your computers, you've always got monitor calibration. Is your color off? Is it yeah. making it look different? But yeah. it is such a soft color that it just it sort of exudes peace. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. a very peaceful looking color. So, did you sell it, or you still have it? I still have this piece, so it's. Uh... It's sitting waiting for its right home. And yeah. I think I just missed the the flex of like going back to school. Like when <laughs> yeah. everyone's looking for a desk. So I maybe I was a week late for that, but I know it'll it'll get to where it's supposed to go. Exactly. That's what I firmly believe. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like how your attitude on that because it doesn't keep you from going creative from fear it's not gonna sell or sell soon enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're you're focused on, you know, your your creative abilities and your gift and then you you know it's okay to let things sit and wait now you can put a little sign on it that this is a an award-winning uh vanity slash desk (laughs) yes absolutely yeah i'll I'll definitely let them know (laughs) (laughs) very good well courtney describe your style for us i like to mix things up but i probably um, am more modern in in my taste and the pieces i look for um i obviously i love mid-century modern when Whenever I can find a piece, I will snag it. But, you know, I, I do like to mix it up. So obviously this, this piece I'm speaking about is an antique, you know, and I, I definitely cherish, you know, older history and mm-hmm. just the charm of pieces like that. But if, if I were to do any piece right now, it would just be, you know, a, a sleek modern desk or, I'm sorry, dresser. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just make it a timeless piece. And I, I really enjoy that. Well, this piece definitely is a stunner. Nice work and congratulations. Thank you. So share your Instagram account or any social media venues that you want to share with our listeners. Yeah. I'm um, at Steelbirch Studios on Instagram and Facebook. Amy, you won third place. You as well did an amazing job. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited and quite shocked, but thrilled. Thank you. Shouldn't be shocked, <laughs> but, that's, but that's humility, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I understand you had a lot of repairs to do on these two nightstands. Describe the nightstands for our listeners, and then tell us about your refinishing process. Well, the nightstands, I want to say, are probably circa 1940, maybe. There is no maker's mark, so I don't know for sure. But they're a little bit on the taller side, and they've got very long, slender legs with a shelf attached towards the bottom. And then they each have two drawers. And then they have a very intricate piece of molding around the very top of the um, of each nightstand. And that's where a lot of the repairs had to come from. 
Yeah, it's it's so unique that that molding that you're talking about the type. I, I'm not looking at it uh, up close, but it almost has. It's not dental molding, you know, but exactly. Kind of I want to call it dental molding, but it's not. But it's yeah. similar to kind of what dental molding looks like. Yeah. And when I went to pick up the pieces, I found them on Facebook Marketplace, and they were so unique. So right away, I said, I want these. How soon can I come and get them if they're still available? And um, I went right away, not realizing how many pieces of that trim and that molding were missing. And, of course, you get there, and then you don't want to say, well, sorry, I'm walking away now. So I did grab them, and I thought, hopefully I can figure something out on how to replace those pieces and and um so they sat in my garage for a while while you know i got up the courage to tackle and and um, and then i figured that molding putty and some resin or some bondo might be my best friend for taking care of that would you say this is one of the most uh extensive jobs that you did as far as repairs on a piece or on pieces it's probably right up there. I think I've had a couple other pieces that needed some definite repair work, but I think this probably was the one that the repair work was so intricate. Do you find when you're repairing furniture as you're in the process, do you get really excited or are you like, oh, did I do the right thing in tackling this piece? <laughs> I think at first I'm, in, I'm intimidated and then I have to work up the courage and kind of my confidence. And then once I get going on it, I'm like, yeah, I, I can do this. I know what to do. I can figure this out. And then that whole like problem solving thing kind of becomes, you know, an adrenaline rush for me yeah. that, you know, I can't stop until I can figure it out. Um, so, yeah, um, that's kind of how I approach it. And then like when I finished it, I was really happy with how it came out. But then when I finished it, I could take a step back. And now in retrospect, I can say, I could, I think I would have done it now differently. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Because some of the pieces of that intricate molding was missing like the top half. So when I made mm -hmm. the molds, I had to then take like an exacto knife and my sander and kind of shave the molds mm -hmm. into certain ways in order to fit on top of where it was broken off. And, and that was kind of hard. I will admit that that was a bit hard and, and to match it all up. And now that I think about it, I should have just removed what was left of the broken piece and then just made the entire mold and used the entire mold to seamlessly add on. I, it's hard mm. to describe, but yeah. instead of doing the shaving and the sanding and the cutting, I should have just removed that entire broken piece and did a whole new piece with one big mold is yeah, probably what I should have done. Yeah, you described that very well. Uh, but, you know, you live and learn, right? I mean, you, you go through the process. Right, exactly. It, this was definitely a learning process. I had never had to make i've made molds before but not like this so this is definitely a learning process for me it's so interesting when you take a piece like this that uh, or two pieces like this that have had so much work done on them do you you, you do a pretty good job of of keeping your uh followers on ig up to date i assume mm -hmm. you did a did I, i'll have to check it out did you do a story on the process your repair process on these two nightstands yes yeah i took my followers through the entire process from beginning to end and deciding am i going to use a resin am i going to use a bondo and then in a few places i used the resin but only in one place did i use bondo and i kind of explained why i went with bondo versus resin for that one repair. But yeah, I did. I, I took them through the entire process and showed them, you know, what I was using and how I was going to do it. And so hopefully they learned along with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And you know, the thing that, that sort of entered my mind is the person who buys these pieces or the customers who buy furniture finished pieces, you know, it's hopefully they can go to these, you know, Instagram accounts and check out to see how much work goes into uh, the refinished piece you know i mean it's it's you know you're looking at a beautiful piece but do you realize how much work went into it exactly and, uh, you know so especially yeah, I think when, some people think that we're just putting paint on but there's a lot oh, more to it than that yeah oh yeah yeah exactly um 
Yeah, you want to like, especially when you you got somebody who's wanting to negotiate with your price. You want to say, okay, listen, go to my story, check out what I've done, and then come back to me and tell me to drop my price. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, it. Is really pretty. So, how did you choose the color? Um, I had gotten, or I shouldn't say gotten. I had received the color from Fusion as part of their new launch. It's Eucalyptus by Fusion Mineral Paint. And I had just previously did a piece that was bright orange. It was an orange piece, very bold. So I decided that these were going to be very soft and calming. And so, and I had the color already from Fusion that I, and I have never really have done green only but once. So this would have been my second green piece. And so that's why I chose the color. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it is such a mellow color. Eucalyptus is a great name for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you still have these pieces or are they in somebody's home? I still have them. I listed them for sale just a week ago today. So um, I'm still hoping to find the right buyer for them. Oh, I'm sure you will. Uh, these are beautiful pieces for sure. Uh, Amy, describe your style for us. Um, I'm like summer. I'm going to say I'm very vintage, um, classic vintage, clean finishes. That's pretty much me. I don't really do a lot of distressing or anything like that. There's just something about, for me personally, that's, I just love a very crisp, clean finish. So I would mm -hmm. say classic vintage clean pieces. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, these two nightstands are really beautiful. Great job and congratulations. Thank you. I greatly appreciate um, the earning of the third place and your support. So that's, Awesome. Thank you so much, Lane. Well, all of it's well-deserved. Amy, share your Instagram account and or social media venues so listeners can look you up if they're not already following you. You can find me on Instagram at Panolo Designs and then the same on Facebook, Panolo Designs. Hi, my name is Rachel Smith with Upcycled Smithery, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I've been partial to Zebra paintbrushes for a couple years now, and that is because they give me the best overall finish on my pieces. The bristles are so soft and hold a ton of paint. I don't have to worry about harsh brush marks on my pieces with my Zebra brushes. They are well made, don't shed a ton of bristles, and are completely reusable. It's hard for me to choose a favorite, but I will say that I've been using my fan brush a lot lately. I like how it has a flat edge for cutting in, but it also fans out around furniture legs and rounded trim. If you haven't tried Zebra brushes yet, I highly recommend. They are game changers and will not disappoint. Well, it's time for our Zebra panel discussion. I think today's topic will resonate with every refinisher, whether new to the business or if you've been around the block for several years. We're going to discuss why can't I find anything on Marketplace for less than $100 anymore? Okay, to put things in context, I just looked on my Facebook Marketplace to see what was available, and here's what I found. A vintage banker's eight drawers desk has a little bit of wear, $100. <laughs> right, on, right on target there, right? And then I scrolled down, and I found a brown wash dresser with iron knobs, six drawers, in great condition, but it has a few dents. I, w I thought the description was funny because it's in great condition, but it has a few dents. <laughs> uh, and that price, guess you could take a guess, $100. <laughs> so, I did find an antique secretary for $80, but it started out at $200. So they are dropping the price, realizing that they overpriced this piece. $200. Wow. <laughs> So that's just a few, and I know you can periodically find some below $100, but the point is that prices have gone up. So, panelists, all three of you shop Facebook Marketplace, and I know a multitude of people who do. So let's talk about this dilemma and what can refinishers do about it. Well, I'll say it definitely has changed, I'd say, in the past year. I think that people have seen <laughs> that others are painting furniture, and I will say that, uh, I don't know who, who just mentioned it, but... You know, when, when you're when you're doing this as your your livelihood and you're not just putting paint on a piece of furniture, you're actually this is like your income and you're spending, you know, a week on a piece and you're completely transforming it. You know, it, obviously finding pieces for that are more expensive just puts a big damper and 
you know, what just our turnaround. But ultimately, it means we get to charge more. Um, so it's kind of going with the flow, I guess, of that of the marketplace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, in Charleston here, it's definitely uh, people are just asking so much money for just really ugly pieces of furniture that like would normally be like $30, you know? And I mean, really it's just nobody. And and I do also like a lot of the descriptions are like, it'd be great for refinishing. And yet they have it charged like priced at like $300, (laughs) like, you know, it's like, or if it's already painted and there's like chips and scuffs and stuff, they're like, it'd be really easy to touch up. Like, then why didn't you do it? (laughs) um, I don't know. I have a couple thoughts of you know what what to do but I, I i love that suggestion of saving pieces um to have a folder that's a really really good idea and i think um something i'd suggest is just check throughout the day you know i i would say i'm i'm trying to get in the habit of checking like at least two times a day at certain times like just take two minutes and you know skim see if there's any good deals of something if a price is dropped on something because pieces go quickly I think it just takes consistency and looking frequently to be able to, you know, just snag a piece when it's available. Yes, I love um, when I see in the descriptions, just needs a touch up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it, I'm sure. Sure it does. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Makes my job easier, yeah. but that's not the case. But yes, long gone are the days of um, getting grandma's dresser or buffet for... Actually, I scooped up a buffet uh, last week for $50 in pretty great condition. And you would have thought I won the lottery when I told my husband I was going to pick it up. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Because um, buffets these days in my area, I'm lucky to get one under 150 actually. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. People are just realizing that us refinishers, are out there and I think Facebook marketplace is um, where they sell all the furniture. I I used to go to thrift stores and now I go to my local thrift stores and there's literally garbage Mm -hmm. there, like literally stuff that should have been thrown out on the curb (laughs) or burnt. And they're trying to sell it for like $3. It's like, I know the money goes towards a good cause most of the time, but really someone should have just burnt this you know it's just garbage better for the earth by just getting rid of it really (laughs) and people (laughs) or if you find a good piece it's kind of on the expensive side because they're trying to keep you know their prices up too because they're not getting the donations that Mm -hmm. they used to because of marketplace Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i see a lot of pieces well over a hundred dollars here sometimes in the two or three hundred dollar range and i'm like they're never gonna Mm -hmm. sell that so i'll save it and i'll wait for them to cut the price or when i'm looking through my saved items uh, a couple weeks later i'm like okay well they've had this piece for two three weeks now so if i really want it you know now's my time to lowball Mm -hmm. them or uh so I'll message them. Sometimes it's already sold. They just never took it down. Or sometimes it's still available, like my dresser, you know, that I just did for the Zebra mm. Review. So, you know, save those good pieces and save those expensive pieces. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we have the same thing going on here in Minneapolis, you know, in the Twin Cities area, too, with Facebook Marketplace, with the... Um, prices being so high. And I agree with the both of you. I think they understand that there's us out there and we're um, grabbing these pieces when we can to refinish them and, and, um, and put them back out onto the market. And so, and I think depending upon like the area you're from, if you're saturated with quite a few artisans in that area, you know, they realize that, oh, if I price it high, I might get a bidding war between different artisans for this piece, especially if it's unique looking. But I do. I, I just save them. I, I'll hit the save button. And I have it set up then where I will get a, a, a notification from Marketplace if um, the price drops, mm-hmm. if the person mm-hmm. price drops the price. And then I'll be like, oh, they just dropped the price. Do I want to go grab that? Mm-hmm. Um 
So, and I think it's maybe the reason why I, ha- I have a garage full of furniture because when I do see something that's unique and under a hundred dollars, I just go get it, you know, even though I have no room for it. It's just like, you can't, I got to take advantage of the price yeah. because, you know, the next one that comes along that may be similar could be $150. So, I'm the same way. I cram myself with furniture and leave myself no working room because I can't pass up a good deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, the furniture industry right now, I think is playing a part in it too, because if you're trying to buy a new piece of furniture from a store, the turnaround time to get that piece is months and months and months and months. And Mm -hmm. I think not only are we not competing with other refinishers maybe in our area to grab these pieces, but we might be competing with just somebody in general who just wants a piece of furniture for a room in their Mm -hmm. house. And they'd rather just find something on marketplace maybe than have to wait six, seven, eight months for a piece to come in through a store. I don't know. That's, that's maybe Mm -hmm. part of it too. Yeah. Do you guys also put your refinished pieces up on Marketplace? Yes. Um, I, d- I do. I like to do it on Instagram first, and maybe half the time it'll sell there, so I don't have to worry about putting it in the, the chaos of the Marketplace world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I do. And I belong to a co-op group, so my pieces go up on that website and that Facebook page first. And then after a week, if it hasn't sold, then we can put it on like Facebook marketplace or next door or any of the area buy, sell um, Facebook groups. Um, but we have a one week where we can only list it within our co-op oh. selling group first. Hmm. I list on my business pages on Facebook and Instagram, and I give my followers about 24 hours or so. If someone's interested, if it doesn't sell, then I will post it on Marketplace. But Marketplace doesn't give you the views with a pretty picture like it does with uh, something, you know, you're trying to sell in as in condition. So it tends to get buried. Um, I think most people probably see my stuff uh, on the yard sale groups that we have on Facebook here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get most of my sales from that. But even if I have a piece that hasn't sold um, within a week or two, mm-hmm. it generally sells off of my business pages. So that's always a good thing. Have you guys noticed too that um, even though, I mean, I will literally click I only want to see local pieces. I take mm-hmm. off shipping and literally no matter what, no matter how many times I click it, you know, to make sure it's filtering local pieces around me, I still get all these ads and sponsors yes. and shipping. Yes. Posts and, I, and every time I click yeah, on one, it's so annoying. I think I've won the lottery. Because yeah. you see yeah. these amazing pieces and you're like, oh, you're like, dang it, shipping for $3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's not true. <laughs> I think that algorithm works against us, unfortunately. Oh, That's my why our gosh. pieces end up getting buried because of that algorithm with the, sh- with the shipping pieces and the non-local pieces. I don't understand that, but uh, it's frustrating. I don't either. Yeah. Hopefully they change it or update it soon. So it's just at least, I mean, if you, if you really are trying to only see pieces in your neighborhood, I mean, I don't know why it still has to show you pieces that like are, right. are shipping. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they change it. Yes, Marketplace has definitely changed so much in the past couple years because I remember putting a piece on Marketplace and I'd get over a thousand views, you know, right. in a couple of days. And now I'm lucky if I can get 50. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think I've actually, I've had people write me and, and think that I'm an ad, you know, like that, like they said, like where's this piece from in the, in the magazine <laughs> photo? And I'm like, Oh, th- well, thank you. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, I'm in West Ashley in Charleston, <laughs> you know, but uh, I thought that was funny. So that's something to consider maybe. <laughs> what I do like about marketplace is if you click on your listing, it will tell you how many people have saved your item. 
mm-hmm. but then I'm like, Ooh, well, at least I have people interested, you know, but I'm like, are these people really interested in buying it? Or are they waiting for me to cut my price? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause they'll be waiting for a while. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a game a little bit. <laughs> What about price negotiation? So you're scrolling through and you see a really cool piece that you like, but it's listed at 100, 150. Do you immediately say, hey, will you take less for this? Or do you give them a price offer? How do you guys work that? I wait till I get there. Because usually if it was just posted that day, they're probably not going to go down Mm -hmm. on it right away. Um, But once you're there and you're ready to take it, and you can kind of point out the imperfections and what's wrong with it. These people, you know, they're like, oh, it just needs paint. Well, no, it needs this, that, and the mm-hmm. other thing. Um, and then that's when I'll try to get a little bit of a lower price. I won't go drastically, um, but, you know, save $20, $40, um, buys my paint, yeah. buys my hardware. Exactly, exactly. I'll do the tactics. Yeah, just- oh, go ahead. Oh, I w- I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'm kind of like you, Summer. I just kind of waited out. And if it sells at that price, well, you know, it wasn't meant to be then for me. Um, and if it sits for a little while, I'll either wait and see if they bring it down or I'll reach out and just say, would you be willing to take it for X amount? And I can come and get it today. And they'll, they'll either say sure or they'll say no, sorry, price is firm. And then, you know, there's nothing I can do. And I have a piece right now that I've been watching that's been on for quite a few days and um, it needs a lot of work. But um, I thought, well, maybe now's the time that I could reach out and say, you know, would you take $10 less or $20 less and see what they say? So, yeah. Yes. I have a good story, but Courtney, if you have something to add, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I I do the tactic like... um, you know, especially if they're way overpriced and it's been sitting for a while, um, I'll do the tactic of like, hey, um, if you in the future would accept this amount, you know, especially if it's a lot less, um, be like, I, I'll come and pick it up and I have a truck and I'll be there and I'll, you know, pay you up front. But just, you know, kind of like putting it out there, like, you know, if they decide, like, why isn't this sold? I just need to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, that one girl, you know, gave me an offer for more, less than I wanted to take, but I know I can get rid of it and she'll mm. take it, you know? Just so it's like putting out feelers, basically. Right. <laughs> and sometimes they do get back to you. I love that, Courtney. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Great idea. I, um, actually got my hands on my first empire buffet. Um, but that was a struggle. Um, I believe mm-hmm. I did it in August too. It was one of my zebra review entries, um, as well. Cause I did it in a cool shade of paint, but, um, mm. this woman had it listed. It was uh, one town over from me. So it was like, great. It's local. Um, she had it originally listed for three fifty. Uh, I saved it. She marked it down to 300. I waited. I waited probably about a week. Um, I saw that she put in her description that she was moving. So I'm like, okay, she's probably a little bit desperate to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. I lowballed her. I definitely lowballed her. I said, would you take 150? Um, I wanted this piece for a fun collaboration. I was doing a, for a fun color. And she said, nope, I'll take, um, what did she say? Two. 25. And I said, Oh, that's still a little too high for me. I'm sorry. Let me know if you change your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can come get it. She said, okay. So because I had it saved, it must've notified me. I don't know, five, six times that she decreased the price, $10, $10, $10 here and there. I was actually on vacation and heading home the next day. And it alerted me that she finally dropped it like a good $50 from $275. I think she had it for $225. And I said, okay, I really want this piece. And I thought to myself, I'll pay the $200. I'll pay $200 for it. She's got to take $200 at this point. She had it at the 225. So I messaged her and I said, is this still available? Can I come and look at it? And she said, yes. 
She goes, if you come and look at look at it, you can have it for the hundred and fifty that you originally offered me. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> so I was like, well, she just lost out on, you know, fifty bucks. But I was like, sure. I'm Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. So I was like, sure, I'm returning from vacation tomorrow and then I can come. And she's like, okay, great. And yep, mm-hmm. I got it for the 150. It took me a couple months, but I got it for the 150. <laughs> <laughs> there awesome. you go. <laughs> but I was willing to pay that much because it's just a piece. I think we're all like that. If it's a piece that we've always wanted to do and refinish, we're willing to pay yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Just to redo it and just to get it on our feet yeah. and say, I did that. Check it off mm-hmm. the furniture yeah. bucket Or list. even if it's a yeah. piece that is so unique that you just don't know you'll ever see something like that again. Like, you know, that right. kind of gets mm-hmm. me too. Got to have that. Yeah. Right. I wonder how much of the price increases with these furniture pieces uh, it plays a role in just inflation in general, you know, because everything is so much more expensive. I know food prices have gone up and I wonder if that plays a role in it. Do you guys think that's a part of it as well? Yeah. Yes. Definitely last year people were looking to make a little bit of money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with people being out of work and stuff like that. That's when I really started seeing the prices increase mm-hmm. around here was last year when people were home and they were cleaning out their houses and uh, wanting to make a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. Summer, you mentioned, I believe you mentioned uh, going to Craigslist as a secondary source. Um, so I guess I want to throw this out to all of you. So if you're finding it difficult to find pieces at the right price on marketplace, you know, you're not giving up on marketplace. You've got strategies in place, but what are your other options that you found viable like Craigslist? Like for me here in Minneapolis, Craigslist is way more expensive than marketplace. I barely go on Craigslist anymore because the prices are so outrageous on Minneapolis St. Paul's mm. Craigslist. So I rarely look at that anymore. Yes, I find the prices on Craigslist here are you know up there with marketplace or if not a little bit more. Um but there's not the competition of marketplace, you know, mm. you don't have these people telling you you have to come pick it up in 10 minutes or they're moving on to the next oh, buyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a little mm-hmm. bit of wiggle room, you know, with Craigslist. Yeah, I, I say we do have a lot of thrift stores, and I'd say that'd be my next bet, you know, besides yeah. waiting, you know, and, and continuing to look, you know, trying to see if there's anything around that's local or anything in your own house that you have that you're not a big fan of. You know, I'm about to redo a dresser that I've had just kind of like in my workroom. And it's just taken up a lot of space. And it's like, wait, this is a really nice piece. I just, why haven't I done it? You know? <clears throat> That's so interesting. It made me think, uh, we've got some friends that are realtors in <clears throat> in Florida. And uh, they talk about the fact that, you know, the housing market, that it's, you know, people are, you know, it's it's a seller's market. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they un- they occasionally will go through neighborhoods and just knock on doors and say, Listen, if you would you consider selling your home? I've got people who are interested in living in your neighborhood. I don't know. Maybe maybe you knock on doors and say, "You got anything in your home, like a piece of furniture, that you're willing to sell?" <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, oh, who's this crazy person on my front porch again? <laughs> Well, I just went on a pickup of a buffet, the buffet I got for $50, my lottery buffet. Um, and she's like, do you want to see some other pieces? I'm like, yep. <laughs> so yeah. she showed me this beautiful wardrobe and uh, matching dresser. And I scooped those up too. And then she has another beautiful, unique cabinet that um, she's still thinking about whether or not she wants to get rid of. But I told her, message me first. This is probably one of those topics that is just good to hear discussed so you know you aren't the only one experiencing higher prices. It doesn't always mean that there are easy solutions, but there are options. We appreciate all three of you for taking the time to share your thoughts on the subject. Congratulations, Summer, Courtney, and Amy. You all are an inspiration to this great community. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lane. So appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Lane. I am so honored and flattered and completely still shocked that my dresser won first place for the Zebra Review. It's always so fun to participate in. I love the challenge of it. Amy and Courtney, congratulations on your winnings. Your pieces were stunning. It was such fun chatting with you all. You guys enjoy the rest of your refinishing day. Thank you so much. Thanks. You too. Thank you. You as well. Today's refinishing tip comes from Courtney with Steelbird Studios. Hey guys, this is Courtney with Steelbird Studios. And for your refinishing tip today, I wanted to recommend what I do to get really strong odors out of furniture. Um, I'm actually working on two pieces right now that I picked up without seeing in person first. And unfortunately, they smell really strongly of cigarette smoke. Oh no! <laughs> but what I do is first I disinfect the entire piece by using a mixture of alcohol and water. I mix about 75% alcohol with water, which is really strong, so wear a mask and gloves. Um, but I coat the whole piece and make sure it dries. When the piece gets wet, it will reactivate the smell, so make sure it airs out completely before the next step. And the next step is getting a bunch of shellac. And I recommend clear shellac, and I use a brush. I'm actually using my Zebra wedge brush right now for this. But um, So with a quart of shellac and my wedge brush, I go into the entire piece. I coat it two times. So I do inside the drawers, under the drawers, the drawer sides, and in the interior of the piece, I also do two coats um, and make sure that they dry in between. And um, with a brush, you can actually see all the areas you're getting and you put it on thick enough. You can use a spray can of shellac um, inside. Just make sure you're coating completely anything that's been exposed to the, um, to the odor. So the cigarette smoke in this case. In the past, I've done, you know, vinegar washes and left out in the sun and I've just you know done shellac in the drawers and it just hasn't been enough so I highly recommend two coats of shellac uh, in the entire piece and that will help with um, locking in smells and it will also be disinfected um, after the alcohol and water wash so happy refinishing guys great way to get rid of those bad odors Courtney thanks so much It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi, Lane. This is Jen from Jenny Ray Designs. Thank you and Zebra Painting for inviting me to take part in the podcast today. This week in my shop, I'm working on a custom Eastlake style dresser that I'm painting in Clover by Melange. I'll be distressing that piece and spraying the hardware. I'm also putting the finishing touches on a cedar chest that I finished in a new melange color that will be released on the 15th called Papery. Papery is one of six new colors in melange's summer-fall collection. The best way to describe Papery is that it is a white with blush beige champagne undertones. It's gorgeous. I will also be starting on a vintage oak buffet, so I hope you will all head over and follow along in my stories. Thank you again for having me. Have a great week. Hi, everybody. This is Amanda over at Lemon Pepper Farmhouse. In my shop right now, I am preparing for this huge fall festival in my area this weekend. Um, I have a tent there, so I have been working crazily on getting all the fall vibes going. I have painted um, several chairs in burnt orange and harvest yellow and the navy blues and cozy gray colors. So I have them ready to go, and I am finishing um, putting Polly on a Bombay side entry table um, that I painted in a beautiful gray also. And the third thing that I am working on is a an adorable waterfall children's waterfall wardrobe. Um, I've never seen anything like it, and um, it's just beautiful. So I just finished wallpapering the inside of that. Um, and I can't wait to post it and share it with you guys. It's really, really cute. So it's been really busy around here and I'm hoping after this weekend, I can take a breather. The leaves are going to start changing around here and it's really a beautiful time of year. So I want things to kind of slow down, but, um, 
but we know how that goes, right? So anyway, I hope you guys are all having a great day and thank you so much for checking in with me. Hi, my name's Julia. And I'm Piper. And we are with Fig and Furniture, Furniture with an E. Just trying to be funny. (laughs) So punny. (laughs) And we were invited by Zebra Paintbrushes to talk about what we're working on this week. Um, And yeah, we are working on some mid-century modern chairs. Oh yeah, we found some really cool dining chairs from an estate sale. Uh, They're in really rough shape, and we discovered something kind of disgusting on the (laughs) inside. What they use instead of foam... Yeah, instead of foam, they used hog hair and horse hair. 12.5% horse hair, to be exact. <laughs> cool band name. Yeah, sound like a scrimmo band. Yes. Uh, and then what else do we have? We have a cool dresser, a mid-century dresser we found. Oh, yeah, walnut one. It's kind of dinged up on the outside, so we're planning to... Planning to paint. We painted the outside with a really cool color, a fern color. Yeah, pressed, green, pressed yeah, fern. Pressed fern. Mm-hmm. It's like a deep green color. Yeah, because we were invited to do a flip challenge, and it was the theme is color your world. So we were going with vibrant. We have a surprise color. We're going to be working on the outside. Yeah, we're going to do a little mural on the sides with a with a pop of color. Yeah, so you can also check us out if you want to follow along and on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see us on there. Um, what else have we got going on? Mostly this week, we're working on picking. Yeah, picking, looking for furniture. Yeah, we're clearing out what we've currently got in stock. We have um, a teak dresser as well, but we're just oh yeah, we're finishing that, that one. On we that. don't want to paint teak when we never we paint have teak. To. No, 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 <laughs> unless it's yeah, really bad. <laughs> but I believe that's everything we've got for this week. Yeah. So follow along with yeah. us and, and check thanks, us out. Thanks for having us. Bye. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. How many times have you picked up an old piece of furniture and wondered what the history was? If only these pieces could talk, right? Well, some of you have been more inquisitive and taken the time to do some homework to find out more about a piece that you have refinished and its history. These are incredible stories that need to be shared. We have created a new segment on our podcast called If This Piece Could Talk. You'll enjoy hearing from your fellow refinishers talk about the history of a piece, whether it's about the style and how it developed, or maybe it's a sweet story about a piece of furniture built and designed for a loved one. We'll also talk to experts who will give us some insight on how to go about learning the history of a piece. As a side note, if you know the story on your piece and you think it's a perfect fit for this segment, send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Stay tuned as we include these new segments in the upcoming podcast. When you hear the phrase furniture refinishing, you think of multiple things like painting, colors, exposed wood, all the hard work involved and the beautiful results. But I imagine many of you think of the word distressed. That's right. So much of furniture refinishing consists of distressing. That's why our September Zebra View theme will be Distressed is Best. That means you can enter any piece you have designed and refinished during the month of September 2021 that has been distressed in some shape or form. We have excellent prize sponsors like Country Chic Paint, The Lawless Hardware, Surf Press Sanding, and Zebra Paint Brushes. You can learn more about this contest on all of the sponsors' Instagram accounts or our judges' accounts. We only ask that you don't get distressed about distressing. Let's keep that to the beautiful results that distressing produces. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's zebra with an I blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. Thank you.